0: Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain. I'm a media personality, correspondent, and digital influencer. My career has required that I make many cross-country relocations, starting out in my hometown of New Orleans, going to Baltimore, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, and ultimately back to New Orleans. I've had to start over and reinvent myself many times, which has made for interesting experiences, opportunities, and of course, some obstacles. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get some I'll share my personal testimonials trials and tips and invite guests to share theirs all in hopes of inspiring you to live your best and most authentic personal and professional life encouraging self love and self care. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the show. First off, I got to say, hey, y'all, and welcome to all the new listeners on Spotify. The Lonnie Swain Show just got added to the platform this week, and I am so excited about it. All my fellow podcasters know getting added to Spotify can be a trill process, but we made it, and I'm so happy about it. I appreciate you all for listening, as well as those who have been listening, sharing, and reviewing on all the other platforms. I'm so grateful, and it really, really, truly means a lot, so All right, without further ado, today is National HIV Testing Day. National HIV Testing Day is sponsored by the National Association of People with AIDS, otherwise known as NAPWA, and it was first observed on June 27, 1995. Now, this day was established as an annual observance to promote HIV testing. Why is HIV testing so important? Well, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, in the United States, there are nearly one 1.1 million people that are living with HIV and almost one in five do not know that they are infected with HIV. So getting the test is the first step to find out if you have HIV. If you were to test positive, there are steps that you can take to live a longer and healthier life and to help stop the spread of HIV to others. So my questions, are you afraid of getting tested? You say you don't like blood. You don't like needles. You don't know where to go. You don't have any insurance. These are all some real reasons why people don't get tested. Luckily, we have today's guest, Joey Olson. He is the HIV testing manager at Crescent Care in New Orleans, and he is going to walk us through the HIV testing process, your options, why it's actually not scary to get tested, and it's actually empowering. He's going to give us some information about the questions that you need to ask and so much more. And so just to talk about testing. I know that there is even a lot of stigma and hesitation and reservation about getting tested. And I've heard people say things like, you know, they just are too afraid to know the answer. And yeah. that's why that's why they don't get tested. So uh, once upon a time when I was doing radio in Chicago, I took the auraquick test on the yeah. air. And that was to let people know hey as I'm speaking to you right now I am being tested for HIV I'm talking to you with this uh, oral swab in my mouth it's not <laughs> you know impeding my ability to speak it is not putting me in any kind of pain it is like painless and it is so easy and so if people aren't familiar with the OraQuick, quick basically if you could kind of walk them through that process
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> Um, So the OraQuick test is actually available um, in most Walgreens and I think over the counter in most like small convenience stores. It's a really easy test to do. You can do it yourself. I think it costs about $50, um, which is a little bit of a high price point, but it is available. You're paying for the privacy of your own house. Um, And then it takes about 20 minutes for those results to come in. And the package usually has inserts on what to do if it's positive, a hotline to call, that kind of information. And you're
0: basically paying for the privacy and the convenience of being able to do it yourself, do it at your home. If you're worried about people seeing you go and get tested, or if you're worrying about having other people in that conversation, if you're shy about it. So that's something that you can do in the privacy of your own home. You can get two testing kits so that you can test yourself and your partner and a lot of places even offer this testing for free
1: my work actually offers it for free that's part of what I do um, we we actually don't use the or quick test anymore we used to for a long time there's another test it's not available over-the-counter but we are able to provide it for, for free people can come in and get tested for free um, you don't have to show an ID you don't have to use your name if you don't want to and it doesn't go to insurance so People can come in. It's a finger stick test, which is one of the reasons why it's not available over the counter. But it's a finger stick test. It takes 20 minutes and gives you the results really quickly. Um, And then you also, in that case, have a counselor with you who knows kind of all the next steps and can help get you into care. So, if
0: someone's listening and they've never been tested for HIV, what would you say is the best introduction to getting tested? Would you suggest starting with the Oraquick? Would you su- suggest starting with the finger prick? The advantages of having a counselor versus not? You know, if someone's Thinking about, okay, I'm going to get tested for the first time on National HIV Testing Day. What is your recommendation for a newbie?
1: Yeah, well, first I would say you're doing great. Just having that thought about wanting to get tested is, is a huge step. Um, a lot of people kind of put it in the back of their mind and, and don't want to do it. And so they totally ignore it. So I'm excited that you've decided to get tested in the first place. It's really, really not that hard. It can be daunting thinking about healthcare and and kind of all the ins and outs, but actually getting tested is pretty easy. So depending on where you live, you can probably find a free clinic near you. There's all kinds of funding from state, local, national, CDC programs across the country that offer free testing. So you'll likely be able to find a place to get tested for free. Walgreens also partners with local organizations for National HIV Testing Day across the country.
0: That's exactly right. So today you can actually go to select Walgreens locations and get free HIV testing with a counselor. You can locate a Walgreens location offering free testing nearest you right on my website, LonnieSwain.com. Just go to the National HIV Testing Day post on my blog, or you can click the link in the show notes. So that's one option.
1: You could also do it, as we discussed, at home by yourself. That can be a little more scary, um, I feel, because you don't necessarily have a counselor to ask immediate questions. You'd have to call a hotline, um, which is good that it's there. But having someone with you right there that can also interpret those results for you, I've found, can be a little bit of um, a relief. Um, I've had many people come in who have tested at home, tested positive and come in anyway to get tested in the clinic afterwards just because they weren't sure if they had interpreted it right or they weren't sure what to do next. So they were they were coming in for the test at the clinic. Mm -hmm. Also for free, but for that added benefit of having someone to talk to.
0: Gotcha. Well, first I'll share my first testing experience. So I lost a loved one to HIV. Um, He had developed full-blown AIDS by the time he found out about it in 1998. And... He had gone and got tested and never went back to get his results. And it was at that time, it was a situation where you had to wait like two weeks. There were no 20 minute results testing options at the time. And so he had like relocated and they didn't have his current address and you know, all of these things and trying to track him down to give him his results. And so it wasn't until 1998 that he realized that he had it and he had like gone into the hospital for a tooth infection or something. And then it just escalated because at that time he had full blown AIDS and they suspect he had been having it for like nine years at that Hmm. time. So I was about uh, 11 at the time. Mm -hmm. And so in being introduced to like HIV and AIDS, I'd been watching MTV at the time and uh, the real world, I think it was Pedro had AIDS or HIV on the show. And so I was familiar with like T cell counts and all this stuff. And when I found out that he had AIDS, I was like, oh, maybe I need to get tested You know, just because I had been around him. And of course, you can't contract HIV or AIDS through just random physical contact. But as a child, just feeling like I wanted to do that for my peace of mind, I should say. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Because I wasn't sexually active or anything. And I went into no AIDS task force. My mom took me and I got my first oral swab test. It was the quick test, I'm pretty sure. And it was easy, painless, and I asked a ton of questions. And I think that it really set the tone for me as an adult to love and be very proactive about getting tested because I realized as I became an adult that a lot of adults did not have that type of introduction or that experience and they had a real fear for it. But I think being introduced at a very young age really made that a smooth transition for me. So I'm kind of going all over the place with this. But with that being said, do you have a lot of young people that come in to get tested that aren't sexually active? Or is, am I like a rare, rare case?
1: Uh, That's a great question. So generally, the test kits aren't FDA approved for people under the age of thirteen. So we won't test anyone under the age of thirteen just because the manufacturers of the test haven't guaranteed results. You know, for anyone younger than that, we do get some kids coming in sometimes. I've only had one time where a parent brought a brought a child in. But the thing is, when we do the testing, it's totally confidential, and we test the person all by themselves. So a parent can't come into the room. Getting tested for HIV is, is a very private thing and it's required by the state to offer those services in private. So even if someone comes in with their parents, their parents wouldn't be able to sit in with them. We have to be able to go over like risk factor and information where someone would feel comfortable discussing with us things that might have put them at risk so that we can also then kind of talk about things that do cause risk, that don't cause risk, and what you can do to to help prevent yourself from getting HIV moving forward.
0: Can you just briefly explain what some of the benefits of detecting HIV early are to why someone would want to get tested and be able to know their status as soon as possible?
1: Absolutely. So knowing your status is really, really important. Um, It can absolutely be scary to walk into a clinic, to have to navigate healthcare to go into a place and ask for HIV tests for the first time. Um, but it's so, so worth it. HIV is not a death sentence anymore. And the sooner you know you're living with HIV, the faster you can get on treatment. And there's a whole lot of benefits. Um, one of them is the quicker you get on treatment, the faster your body can suppress the virus. Like I said earlier, there's, there is no cure for HIV yet, but the closest thing that we have is what's being called undetectable. Um, mm-hmm. if you get on treatment fast, you can become undetectable really fast, which means you will not transmit the virus to anyone. I and, didn't know that. Yeah, so it's it's a new thing that the CDC has recently published. It's undetectable equals untransmittable. And you can just google that if you want more information on it. Undetectable equals untransmittable. So as long as you're taking your medications and staying undetectable, you won't transmit it to your partners. There's a huge study that went on that basically proves that there's zero risk if the partner's undetectable. So that's one of the, the really cool things of getting tested and knowing your status is you can become undetectable really quick, which means you won't transmit the virus, And it means that it'll allow your immune system to kind of uh, build back up to that of someone without living HIV. So basically, there's no difference in life expectancy with someone living with HIV if they are undetectable and have a normal CD4 count.
0: For dating purposes, if someone has HIV and they are undetectable, would they be a good candidate for PrEP, which is something that you're supposed to take if you are at risk for being exposed to HIV?
1: Yeah, that's a great option. Um, It's actually recommended that you use two forms of prevention. One of them can be having a partner who is HIV positive but undetectable. That undetectable is that one measure of prevention, then choosing something else like using condoms uh, or going on PrEP. And PrEP is becoming more and more popular. And that would be a great option for someone who's negative but dating someone who's positive. Um, Having a partner who is undetectable while themselves being on PrEP would basically put you at a zero chance of contracting HIV.
0: And going about telling someone that you have HIV.
1: Telling someone that you have HIV is, or can be pretty tricky. It's important to know um, that you don't have to tell anyone. You don't have to tell your employer. You don't have to tell uh, your parents. You don't have to tell siblings or children. The only, only person you have to tell is someone that you're about to have sex with. And that's what the law says. So you don't have to feel like you have to tell everyone just because you tested positive. It might be a good option for you if you feel that they will be a good support network for you and can, and can be there for you and offer that support. Once you've disclosed, whether it's HIV or anything else, it's hard to kind of take that back. So if you test positive and then you know, put it up on Facebook... It's going to be hard to kind of rein that back in if later you wanted more privacy. So that's just kind of uh, something to, to think about when you're getting ready to come out and tell someone that you're HIV positive. Um, also, in the state of Louisiana, there's something called uh, the Department of Partner Services through the Office of Public Health. Basically, they they can help you with disclosing a status. So if you've had sex with someone recently that you would like to tell and let them know that you, they should get tested, you can do it through this department. They'll kind of reach out for you and keep your name out of it and basically just let the person know that they should, too, get tested. Uh, a disease that's infectious uh, it means it's reportable to the state, which means anyone who tests positive at like a, a doctor's office or something will automatically have the file sent to this uh, department a um, partner services. So they'll automatically be reaching out to anyone who tests positive and offering them the service.
0: Oh, okay. And so right now, 2018, just so that people can have an idea of how rapidly people are being infected, what is the the latest numbers as far as how many new infections we're seeing?
1: The CDC says that in the United States, over 1.2 million people over the age of 13 um, are currently living with HIV um, and about 50,000 new infections are added every year.
0: And what demographic is mostly impacted?
1: So when looking at different populations, um, we can see differences, disproportionate populations being affected by HIV and AIDS, whether it's by race, socioeconomic status, age, um, a lot of stuff. If we're looking at race, African-Americans represent 12% of the population, but are accounted for 44% of new diagnoses. Um, Hispanic and Latino populations uh, represent 18% of the population but account for 25% of the diagnosis. So I'd love to get into this in in just a second about the effects of racism and how racism and sexism also affect uh, HIV rates, because I think that's really important. Some of those numbers that you can see that the rate of Black males living with HIV is uh, 4.3 times that of white males, and the rate of Hispanic and Latino males living with HIV is 2.2 times that of white males. The rate of black females living with HIV is 11.8 times that of white females. And the rate of Hispanic and Latina females living with HIV is 3.3 times that of white female. And and why is that? So uh, many key reasons why a person of a certain race may be more likely to acquire HIV has less to do with their body being different from someone else's than with factors That structure how they live. So, factors that also structure how people live um, in their social group or may have lived over multiple generations of unequal treatment. Um, I wanted to quote uh, Batita Martinez, a leader in the Chicana movement. She says that the most common mistake that people make when talking about racism and white supremacy is to think of it as a problem of personal prejudices and acts of individual discrimination. They don't see it as a system, a web of interlocking and reinforcing institutions, political, economic, social, cultural, legal, military, educational, all of our institutions, as a system of racism that affects every aspect of life in a community. By not understanding that racism is systemic, we guarantee that it will continue. So the racial HIV gap and the racial health gap in general is strongly correlated with the racial wealth gap, which in turn is the direct outcome of both historical and contemporary processes of segregation in like housing and education and employment and in healthcare, um, as well as racially skewed mass incarceration. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of in this way, it intersects with poverty and gender and sexuality among other factors and becomes this embodiment of a multifaceted social exclusion and the rationalization for massive health inequalities. High rates of HIV and AIDS that we see in communities of color are not the result. Let me repeat that. The HIV rates in communities of color are not the result of high-risk behavior in these communities, but the structural inequalities that make them more likely to come in contact with disease and less likely to be able to treat it.
0: That is crazy. And it's so very sad, which is even more reason why we as people of color, African Americans, Hispanics need to be even more proactive in not only protecting ourselves, but being aware, knowing our status, the status of your partner. And that's something that I like to emphasize all the time is that, you know, knowing your status is one thing. But if you know your status, but you're actively having sex and um, engaging in risky behaviors with people who status you don't know it's kind of defeating the purpose so being more comfortable and confident and having that conversation about hey this is my status do you know yours let's get tested together things like that which speaking of that brings me to um, something that I learned when you're getting tested for STIs, you have to be very explicit when asking for STI testing because I've spoke to a doctor and she confirmed that if someone comes in and says oh I want to be tested for all STDs, that typically does not include all STDs, that doesn't include herpes and that potentially does not include HIV and there was this commercial that I used to hear on the radio all the time that I loved and it was this guy at the doctor's office and he would say yeah doc you know what's my HIV results and the doctor says I didn't test you for HIV and the guy says oh I thought every time you took blood you tested for HIV and the doctor's like no you have to ask for that specifically Um, so can you explain further and can you explain why if someone just says I want to be tested for everything why is herpes not included why might that not include HIV
1: yeah. Sometimes physicians make judgment calls that aren't based on like a conversation. Um, mm-hmm. So they might do like syphilis, chlamydia, and gonorrhea if a woman who, who comes in and they're assuming is you know, cisgendered and they're assuming is straight uh, and they might just be like, oh, they want all the STD testing. Okay. So probably like syphilis, chlamydia, gonorrhea. Um, mm-hmm. They're not at risk for HIV. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it, it is important to advocate with your, with your physician and, and actually ask them or tell them that you want this test.
0: And so why does it typically not include herpes?
1: That is a great question. So there's a couple, a couple quick answers. Generally, herpes uh, isn't deadly and there isn't a cure. Generally, treatment is about like symptom management and you can cure syphilis and you can prevent HIV from getting worse and reverse the negative effects of HIV uh, by boosting your immune system. So a lot of times like screening events, uh, focus more on those things that are reversible, curable. And herpes is really about symptom management. The real reason though, is that herpes is painful. And so someone is more likely to come into the doctor because they feel it and they want they want to stop feeling it. Whereas HIV and syphilis are painless. And a lot of times you'll see like at a church health fair, they do screenings for like hypertension and blood pressure. It's because those things are also kind of silent and painless. So a lot of times those screening efforts that have minimal resources and minimal time out in the community, they'll focus on those things where the, the disease is maybe painless because people will actually come in for things that are painful like herpes.
0: If someone's going to get tested and they want to know their status on all things, call out each STI disease infection by name so that you can make sure that you're specifically being tested for those things, correct?
1: Absolutely. Don't assume that your doctor is going to test you for everything um, unless you've specifically asked for it. It's also really important to have a physician uh, that you feel comfortable talking with about. There are other STIs, like syphilis, chlamydia, gonorrhea, that can be site-specific. So wherever you're having sex, sometimes those uh, STIs will only show up if they're tested for in that same site. So a lot of times you'll see like a urine sample is used or a blood sample. Those catch most of the infections. um, But if you're having, for example, anal sex, and you're not getting tested with an anal swab, then it's possible that the doctor may have missed some of um, what would have allowed a test to test positive.
0: Mm, Okay. That's really good to note. Yeah. So happy that you mentioned that, Joey. So much great information, so many takeaways. Joey Olson of Crescent Care in New Orleans. I really appreciate you for being a guest on today's show. I hope that as a listener, you got a lot of great takeaways and learned something new from this conversation. And there's so many different facets of HIV and STIs and and protecting ourselves that we didn't even get a chance to cover. So this might be something that we have to revisit. You all leave me some comments, give me some feedback. Let me know if that's something you would be interested in and I'll definitely be more than happy to have Joey come back on or have another healthcare professional on as well I hope you feel empowered to go and get tested know your status and your partner's status strike up that conversation don't be scared if you're trying to get busy with them in the bedroom you need to be comfortable enough to have this conversation because our lives truly do depend on it take very good care of yourself and those that you love Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit me at lonnieswain.com where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, events, and other cool stuff. Plus, if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Anchor FM, and SoundCloud. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. I'll talk to you soon.